up, DJ oh, Lil Wayne. I say, I say, I say, I call Red Cross, they refuse to play. Now, bitch, George Bush, he was on delay. I think my play game, so I had to get me. I want that second check between it. What's up? I say, I call Red Cross, they refuse to play. Now, bitch, George Bush, he was on delay. I think my play game, so I had to get me. I want that second check between it. What's up? I say, off the green now. I say, off the green now. Megan and Sierra, we are so happy to be talking to you all again. Welcome to season two. Did you miss us? <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> so today is a, I don't know whether to say special episode, but we're taking a trip back down memory lane, and then we're memory lane. <laughs> then we're bringing it back 15 years. So we're talking about. Hurricane Katrina and how New Orleans has changed since the hurricane. So, I don't know, there's so much that's changed. I mean, that's 15 years. 15 years of um, rebuilding, 15 years of gentrification so far, um, 15 years of um, seeing our city transformed into an environment that is by us, but in so many ways doesn't always feel like it's still for us, as far as us, us locals, us natives, born and raised, us second, third, fourth, and fifth generations and beyond, you know. I mean, I can say the same. I mean, the main thing that has changed is gentrification and uh, along with that comes a lot of other different changes as like a domino effect so i mean if you're bringing new people in and raising the prices and then you know a lot of people get moved out a lot of things are going to change just because everything that is built around um starts to change to fit that too so I'm trying to look for a home and stuff like that. And um, a lot of the areas are very expensive, but what areas for you are like anything that's like really expensive that the property probably would not be as expensive as it is today? What, I mean, what is now called the Bywater areas, um, definitely, like mid-city area and all the areas that are close to like downtown in the French Quarter. <laughs> um, you know what though, what is so interesting, there's so much being changed and taken down and taken away um, that I treasure when I find little spots where our culture just like blossoms and it's almost like now it's like hidden treasures. Um, so like there's a spot by like, the old golf course, the city park, where after Katrina, they just let it, um, all the plants grow in and they let nature take over the golf course. And it's beautiful. It's like, I love walking that trail um, on quarantine, lonely COVID-19 days. <laughs> um, so um, there are 
there's artwork on the brick buildings out there and it's all graffitied up and it's beautiful and there's this one particular one where I believe like the artist comes and has to wear it periodically but it changes often and then there's like this place that's way kind of deep in the back um and it's like so unique how it's, it's like a maybe like a first floor layout plan probably that's like there's no roof there's no windows all there is it's just like a structure and then like everything is covered in art and then they have like these sofa cushions hanging from like the tree that has grown over this space and it's so beautiful because like nature has taken over but then here are New Orleans creatives coming in and like spicing it up and making it really cool. Like we really have a strong urban culture here that often gets overlooked and painted over and it's happening more, which is so frustrating. You know what's also changed a lot? Like that um, area by uh, the bayou? Uh, like by Orleans and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's changed a lot too schools have changed a lot like there's a lot of school closings mergings and charters um so like the whole school district is different there needs to be dj jubilee needs to make a new song you know like <laughs> oh i need to shout out the school what's that song what's the name of your school yeah what's the name of that bounce song you know, when we were at Lusher, we could never say Lusher because he wasn't talking about Lusher. And then when Lusher got into Forche, that's when we was like, Forche, ha ha ha. No, we just some Lusher students. <laughs> it's kind of whack when you think about it. But DJ Jubilee, we need a new song for these new school districts. So these kids can be shouting out Kip Believe and Sci um, High and. <laughs> And the um, name is for uh, what's the name of the school? That's really, really, that's the name of the song. Get it ready, get it ready, get it ready. Come on. I, I used to love that little song growing up, and I used to want to go to those schools on the list, but I went to Lusher. You went to McMain, though. Your school ended up being your school was on the list, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was on the mm-hmm. See, <sighs> lucky you, Max. You got to go to a school on the list. You know why? I, I, I mean, I, I went to, we're not even talking about, we're not talking about schools in that aspect, but I um, I went to march, and that's a big thing. Lusher didn't have all of that. They marching. Lusher still doesn't have that. So, I get it. It was worth it. <laughs> I think what's also gotten better is locals who are able to, um, give back and put into our community. Um, I think we're able to do that more. And I think like in many ways, Katrina unified those of us who decided to stay. Yeah. Um, and cause we know what it's like to, to, to lose everything we possess, if not most of it, right? We know what it's like for the idea of New Orleans not being a home anymore. We felt that, you know? During that period of time, many of us, if not all of us, really were homeless. We were without our home, we were without our culture. I didn't, I didn't like being 
called refugees though. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, no, no. I, those were fighting words. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I almost got into a fight because I'm from New Orleans when I was out there in Donaldsonville. So what my family did was um, on the that Sunday, on that Sunday, whatever the date was for that Sunday, when it maybe was the 27th. So, mm-hmm. and I, I had the night before I was I went out with a friend because it was her birthday. We were having a great time. We just walked around the French Quarter with her family, and um, they were talking about evacuating. And then I had a dream that night about the city being underwater. And I woke up like feeling very like anxious, and I was like, "Mom, like you doing all this cooking? Like we need to go and evacuate." She was like, yeah, be quiet, get ready. I was like, you ready for what? She said, we gotta go to mass. Cause she, um, she was cooking, my mother was cooking beans and then she was cooking barbecue. Like we would have to have a full on, like so what, hurricane the, party. Did the foods make you remember that it was a Sunday? Cause sometimes that happens maybe, in the morning. Maybe, but no, I know specifically it was a Sunday. It's something about trauma. When the trauma happens, you just, you can just remember like the, the last 72 hours, like a book, like it's a snapshot, it's a photo. Probably longer. Like I just can remember that whole entire summer. Actually, 2005 is like burned in my memory for like some reason. Like, and I think it's because of the trauma of Katrina. Um, so basically, it was Sunday, and she's like, "You going to church?" So we get up, fine, getting dressed while she's making barbecue ribs, mm. and we go to church. I'm like, "Mom, I feel like the church is closed," <laughs> and she's like, "John Ark not closed." And I'm like. <laughs> Mom, I don't think Why we're having. Open? What are you talking about? <laughs> Mom, I don't think we have a mask today. I mean, the city said we need to evacuate. I'm pretty sure not a mask. Shut up, Sierra. So we get to John of Arc, and Father Davis, who was a priest at the time, he's packing up his car, and my mama like, Father, where you going? And he's like, I'm going to Texas. Where you going? She's like, I'm going to mass. And he's like, no, we're not having mass today. I'm going mine behind Texas. And you should be evacuating too. And she was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, nothing's going to happen. Like, a lot of us felt nothing's going to happen. It's going to pass us by like they always do. Like, we should be having mass. I want to be a mass. Like, she was really aggravated by this. And then we end up going back home. And I say, grandmother, we need to evacuate. Like, Shut up, Sierra. That was like the favorite thing. And so I go to Grandpa. Grandpa, and I'm relentless, right? When I want something and I think I need to be heard, y'all, y'all don't hear me, bro. So like, I went to Grandpa and I was like, Papa, um, I had a dream the city was underwater, and I think we need to evacuate. And Grandpa looked at me. He was like, thirty minutes. So grandfather was like the saving grace. <laughs> Grandpa was saving grace. Grandpa said 30 minutes. My mom was livid. She was livid because she was like, grandmother just made this big old pot of beans. We can't evacuate with a pot of beans. We can't evacuate with barbecue chicken. Like I, we just cooked all this food and y'all want to evacuate. And she was mad. And I was like, yeah, we evacuated. We had to transport all this chicken and these beans. All of it. I'm with my Capri Suns 
and my water. <laughs> like, we were prepared to ride the storm out. So let's bring, you know, some of the stuff um, for this evacuation. And we only brought some, right? We didn't bring everything. We should have brought everything I because mean, that was the worst experience of my life. I mean, I know people here who stayed had a, yeah. had a hard, hard, horrible time. I can remember though being on those highways for a long, long hours. I can't remember how many hours it took us to get to Alabama. Like we we traveled to Tuscaloosa. That doesn't take over twenty hours. We were um, running out of gas on the on the highways, driving out, but it took. But uh. Like for me, I don't know, we don't usually like evacuate, but I don't know what it was about the storm because of, initially it was supposed to be a category five, right? It downsized to a category three when it hit, but of course we know that it wasn't the impact of the storm. It was the it's breaking that caused the flood, but we don't usually evacuate, but my mom told us to go, us meeting, me, my granny, my sister, my cousins, and my aunt, and my uncle, and we were supposed to go to Texas. So we were supposed to go west. Somehow, because it was taking so long, we went to Tennessee. We went this way. <laughs> um, and so we get to Tennessee, and then so what do you do when you evacuate? with a storm, you watch the news all day. Yep. And I was so bored. <laughs> but I was also, what, 13 years old? So I was like, oh my God, like, all right, so we're gonna ride out the storm. They just gonna watch the news all day long and then that's it. Things just started to change. And then my mom was still in New Orleans because, you know, like she's the first responder. So things were starting to change, like, the Libyans have reached, and I'm like, what in the world? So so scared. To talk to my mom, yeah. So it wasn't until like two days before we finally were able to get in touch with her. So I don't know her. Um, her her experience is, of course, especially different because you know she actually stayed, but it was scary too not know what happened especially when you see it unfolding you know on television like that so yeah and I don't know why I was thinking about the stuff that I had left at home I was like but what about this what about that and what about this <laughs> we should have taken that but I remember my granny and my aunt was like um, no, all that stuff does not matter. Those things do not matter. You have your life. So, <laughs> you have your life. Yeah. Um, so then we ended up, um, we ended up going to Atlanta once we knew what was going on with my mom. And my mom was able to dictate back to us, like, go to Atlanta by your godfather and stay there for a few months. And then when we came back to New Orleans, it was January and um, we stayed on a cruise ship <laughs> for some months. Still going to Lusher, like, because I remember, and 
we were at Lusher at the, um, what was that building? Oh, the, the the middle school, and they had just started the high school too. Mm-hmm. So it was everybody in that one building. It, it was. I hated that I missed that year. I hated it. I was begging my mom, please, I want to go back home. Please, please, please. It got to the point where she was like, you know what? Things are a bit better here in the country. I think we're gonna maybe here. And I was just like, oh my god. Like I would rather like, I would rather like die literally that's how dramatic i was as a teenager then stay out here send me home you know i really wanted to go home so that like i was i was having a terrible time mm. so like we ended up yeah like how long did you stay in tennessee before you guys went to Atlanta? it was just a few days really yeah it was just a few days before we before my mom made the decision like you're going to move because we were staying in a hotel and it's expensive yes it is yeah and they don't i i, I mean i i i wasn't an adult and paying for thing for things then so i don't know if they negotiated like okay there's a natural disaster at home so can you you know I doubt baby, it. but <laughs> but so she was like yeah you'll have to go <laughs> y'all have to go and we have some place for you to live yes it was so crazy for us because as a family unit, which was me, my mom, her husband at the time, grandfather, grandmother, and I had my cousin and her parents was with us. So for us, like outside of my cousin, for like that small family unit that I have, there was really nowhere else for us to go. Like, cause our family before Katrina, for the most part, was all in Louisiana mm-hmm. or like some parts of Mississippi. So it's not we didn't really have family like that in like Georgia or other parts of the country. So the storm came to Mobile, not Mobile, Tuscaloosa. The song, the the storm came in Tuscaloosa, and the power went out. Um, it was. <laughs> It was terrible, and we had to leave, <laughs> so we couldn't stay there because Alabama just got fucked up from the storm. So the adults decide we're going to go back to Louisiana, and I, for the life of me, I just couldn't understand why we would go back to a place that I just got fucked up too. So I couldn't understand like why we're we going back there, right? But whatever. Again, with the hours and hours and hours of traffic and no gas, going back to Louisiana was terrible. Everything was backed up. We would sit by a, um, a gas station for hours, waiting for the gas to, to come, a gas truck to come. Like, we get to Donatonville. I'm in Donatonville, I want to say from um, August to maybe around some late September. And then I get transferred to a school called Santa Monica Middle in Ascension Parish. You know? And um, when I was at Donatonville High, because the middle school was attached to high school, there was this group of girls who wanted to fight me. And the only reason why they weren't fighting me was because they were cool with my cousin. 
and they wanted to fight me because they thought my weave was real and that was the craziest thing because remember like in middle school i had really good weaves like my hair was always laid and these girls so they wanted to see if your weave was real so they, yeah they were like they they wanted to fight me because they thought i thought it was all that because i had good hair like it was the craziest thing so i'm in class one day right and this girl goes i don't know how we get on the subject but next thing i know she goes don't think I won't whoop your ass because you're from New Orleans. Flashlight flood my head. I'm like, I'm, I'm, girl, like thinking back to that age, thinking back to me at, what was that, what, 12, 13, 13 years old, mm-hmm. the eighth grade year? Thinking back to that, I feel like this, I'm like, this girl don't know what I've been through in the last month. So all this hostility, I was, I, was I was ready. I was ready. I mean, but at thirteen, that's what you're thinking. Like, all, this is the, yeah, we're about to fight. We're about to fight. <laughs> all this pent up frustration and anger I have, I'm about to take it out on your face, cheek. I'm about to get you, chick. So basically, I stand up and I said, "Bitch, <laughs> don't think I won't beat your ass because you're from Donaldsonville." <laughs> And then the teacher's like, security, and she calling security. And I just had a really rough day, and I had detention for that. And I was like, I should be excused because <laughs> she started it. But that's the kind of stuff we had to go through. Like, I had people, like, call me refugees, too. And I would, like, get into, like, verbal altercations with people. I felt like I was often in trouble. I was failing that eighth grade year because I didn't care about studying. I think I was, like, legitimately depressed. You know, like, I don't care about studying. Like, this school is that is not lusher, so it sucks. So nothing I learn here is relevant. Like, I was having, like, all kinds of just negative thoughts about the whole process. And then, like, teachers mistreated me. And I had this racist fucking history teacher. So you know how when our parents are stressed, they make us do things that are unnecessary? Mm. Lusher was such a good school, right? The first week of school, we were learning about Louisiana history and preparing for a test the second week of school. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, you need to study for your test, Sierra. And I'm like, mom, the city's underwater. That would be my response over and over again. Sierra, you need to study. The city underwater. Like, I'm not going back to school. <laughs> she would be like, you need to study. And so instead of getting my ass whooped, I would study. I was just reading that Louisiana history textbook. And I go to class. First day, they doing a, a test. What I'm at Santa Mala, I change schools, right? And this teacher goes, um, "We're gonna take the test today." And I'm like, "It's my first day of school. Why would I don't know your material on this test." He was like, "You gonna take it?" So fine, whatever. I take this test. Guess who passes the test? Wow. Guess who passes the test? Because my mama made me study when the city was under the water. And the teacher was like, well, how did you pass my test? And I was like, I'm smart. Because <laughs> I know things. Because I'm intelligent. Like, and that man was not expecting this random black girl from New Orleans to know anything. And that was the, the, the biggest experience that pissed me off when I was gone was that people were like, oh, you're from New Orleans, you're you're undereducated, you're violent. And I was like, what is this impression? Because this is not who I am. That's a lot. That was a lot. 
I mean, I don't, um, where I was, I didn't have many experiences of people being mean to me because I was from New Orleans. Um, yeah, I don't, nobody was really mean, but then I, I didn't spend that much time at another school in another state before I was back. So, I had another teacher at that same school tell me, I don't feel sorry for the people who died in the See, yeah, what? I would have definitely. That's fighting words. No. So, guess who was often in Why trouble? are people so ignorant? Mm. Oh my gosh. It's so mean. Like, I was like, so. It was, it was too much. Like, there was. And hateful. Too that much. Hateful. That's you know, hateful. I did have people that I was cool with and that I, I did develop a few friendships from close by. But ultimately, 2005 until 2006, until I moved back home summer of 2006, I was very unhappy. And I feel like those effects lingered really up until junior year of high school. Because think about it, even though we had come back home, it was different. Mm -hmm. So like, what we were missing was really gonna be forever missed. Yeah. It wasn't like we were getting something back, but it didn't come back the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it it it's so much of an impact to where people say uh, before Katrina or after Katrina. So that was before Katrina or after Katrina. <laughs> because it's that much different. Our lives totally changed. It shifted. When I think of that time period, I think of the time when the music stopped in New Orleans. Because if you think about it, the city, like, music is going 24-7. We are, well, unfortunately, the pandemic now, but for the most part, like, our, our bars are open, our people are out, people are moving, people are engaging, people are celebrating, or just chilling. You know, like, people are, it's active. And then it's like, now the city stands still, and it's like, nothing is here. More. And that made me, I used to have that thought over and over again in 2005. That made me so sad. It was just, stop. The music stopped. Ah, because it was a dramatic teenager. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just thinking about if that was a poem or if that was a, that would be beautiful. But, um, I should think about writing that down. The day the music stopped. Yeah, the day the music stopped. Like, that's exactly how, like, I, like, felt about it and it was like it stopped for like a long time mm -hmm. um, and when I came home to see what happened yeah like, I, I I that's like that but that's what trauma all over again because when some people had to go back to everything that they had built being gone and you just see everything in disarray like the pictures I know my mom still has these pictures because we was we were still having what the we were still developing pictures. That's crazy to think too. Fifteen years ago we were still developing pictures. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and had and had disposable Damn. cameras. Yes. <laughs> um, my experience on the cruise ship that was strange to live on a cruise ship. So again, it was me, my mom, my granny, and my sister all in a small cabin. <laughs> Sharing the same bathroom. Sharing the same bathroom, everything. And I mean, it was cool because I love cruise ships and how they're made and how there's so many different activities. So that that was still going on. Uh, there was still shows. There was still gambling. There was still everything going on. And I made friends. Me and my sister made friends. Every day was like an adventure after school. Sometimes I forget that I was on that cruise ship, but um, I didn't stay friends with any of the people that were on the cruise ship though, but it was, it was fun, um, but uh, yeah, that was still a lot, that was crazy to think that I, I, I was fortunate that they had um, those types of arrangements. But then there's people that didn't have any arrangements or they didn't feel like they could come back. And some people are, they've picked up roots other places. So they've picked up roots other places and, um, yeah. You know, I think that the idea of staying away it was like a double-edged sword for a lot of people and then for some people it was an easy decision because some people's lives got better right um, some people like school systems were better and they had better job opportunities um, they were making better money um living in a state that was probably better than louisiana yeah i mean i i, I actually loved being in atlanta and that's why I always loved coming back too, and that I really love my godfather. But I know that we definitely came back after. So from August to January, that's what four months. So it's four months that we were there. Um, I know that my mom wanted her children back, and so she was there, <laughs> and she, you know, kind of was like, "Okay, I need y'all to come back." So she had already started rebuilding back in in New Orleans. Like she was. Yeah. I knew it from for my grandparents it made sense for them to move back home. My grandfather being a musician. Mm -hmm. Um but we still were close enough to where if they chose not to move back home um they didn't have to because we live in a place called Darrow, Louisiana, which is not too far from Gonzales, not too far from Donaldsonville. Um, very, very small town. And, um, and that's only like 45 minutes away from the city if you drive the speed limit. Probably get there in 30 if you really like pushing it. So, it's not like too bad, um, but once they decided to come home, then my mom followed suit, so we came back. Yeah, and that made me really happy. 
Yeah. I feel like the family units that did come together and come back here are very, very tight-knit and very strong units. Um, I've noticed that a lot. <laughs> like, they're very, very strong units. Uh, they stay close to home. Um, I mean, something like that definitely does bind you together. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a there's a kind of trauma that we experience as a city. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a single person who has a address here and lived here that was not affected and negatively impacted by this thing, whether they evacuated or stayed. Right. Everybody lost something or someone. Right. Know? So I think like there's a sense of like solidarity that we have with one another. That's why we get so mad at transplants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they, they're, they're annoying because they're the ones who call the cops and you're sitting on your porch and you listen to your music. Like you just moved into this neighborhood. I was here <laughs> before Katrina. Right before Katrina. <laughs> But I love this city. I love this state. I wouldn't trade my birthplace for any place in the world. There is nothing like it. Especially in this country. There, I, I don't care where I go in this country. There will never be a city that is as festive as this one. Nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> We're so festive that it's like in our identity. Like, we are as a yeah. collective. Yeah, we are. Did you know we're considered the northern, um, a northern Caribbean um, city? I mean, we celebrate carnival, so I, th- that makes sense. And also, our way, our mentalities are similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also makes sense when we look back at um, slavery. Many of the African slaves came from the Caribbean. Oh, they can. As well. Mm. So the cultures that were starting to develop in those places carried on to New Orleans because those people were sold here or they came here through the Haitian Revolution. Because that's a part of that's a part of my um, family line, like um, Haitian Revolution. So Megs, are there any rituals that you do on? anniversary of Katrina or around the time of Katrina to take care of yourself or to commemorate that huge turning point in our lives? I mean, for me, I just try to look back and then just see how um, we changed. So I always try to remember how much we grown and just focus my day on that. I feel like I have the habit of um, reflecting and I noticed that on that particular day every year, my mood is just pretty low. Like I feel more quiet um, because I think that's the day where my life completely changed. Mm-hmm. Like the course and everything. Like I often wonder, would my life 
track been the same if Katrina never happened? You know, I wonder those questions um, sometimes. And it's not like a bad way. It's not like something that weighs on me like badly. It's more like a hmm, interesting like to know what would have been if this crazy natural disaster didn't happen. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of New Orleanians feel the exact same way. What would have been different? It would have definitely been different. But, um, I know some people really don't like hearing that in association with Katrina, but we're resilient. <laughs> we're very much resilient people. New Orleans people. Yeah, we definitely are. And although it's good, I think, to reminisce and walk back down memory lane, um, I think that on this day, every New Orleanian should give themselves the space to like just exist in whatever feeling that they have. Whether that be sadness or whether that be missing what was or grief okay on this day to feel it and to deal with it so oh peace and blessings on new orleanians of the world <laughs> yeah because we re relocated all over so all the new orleanians everywhere say so thank you for listening to episode one season two of the five and four girls podcast Follow us on all social media, Facebook, The 504 Girls Podcast, Instagram, The 504 Girls Podcast, and leave any comments, share um, with us if you want to share a Katrina story, whatever you want to say. Um, we would love to hear that.